Hello and welcome to Snapchat. I'm your host, Sharon Main. Well, I'm delighted to say in this episode, I am joined by an old colleague, dare I say friend, <laughs> Sean Pilkington of uh, Microsoft Azure. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jaron. Thanks for having me. No, it, the pleasure's all mine, Sean. Now, Sean is the SAP on Azure UK lead. Uh, so I, I want to start, I obviously mentioned that we work together, but I'm really interested in your path, if you like, your career path from where you started and how you ended up at uh, Microsoft. Sure, I'll give you the, the brief history. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I kind of, I started off in functional. I was an SD um, consultant um, for a, a parcel delivery company. Um, that was really good. They got amalgamated and the, I got asked to move into a technical team. No technical background at all. Right. All, all yeah. in on the job. Um, <laughs> so I was into the basis team. And I really enjoyed it, learning Unix, SQL, Oracle. And my career kind of progressed into technical architecture, designing systems, running project teams, and then came to work with you at HP. Yeah. But more front of house, so yeah. across to the dark side again. Business <laughs> development, yeah. Business development. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I really enjoy meeting people. Yeah. Discussing about their ambitions, the companies. So I do enjoy that side of things. And then Microsoft approached me uh, with this new role. It was a new role that we're doing globally to focus on SAP. SAP's such a key yeah, absolutely. load at Microsoft. They wanted that SAP expertise. Yep. And the idea was to bring the expertise in and get us all Microsoft uh, yep. trained and, and certified. And Sheep dipped. Yeah. <laughs> it's, been, <laughs> it's been great. So that's like the 30 seconds. But in between there, there's some great times. Met oh. loads of people, worked with some amazing customers. And it's such a, a great ecosystem. You just yeah. keep bumping into colleagues. Oh. And, yeah. The thing is, I, I was talking to uh, Jamie Nealon from EpiUse uh, on an earlier podcast, but he um, he and I were just talking about this, that you walk around the conference floor now and we've all worked with each other at some yeah. point in our career in different organisations, sometimes once or twice or even three times. So, you know, the notion of workplace has changed so much. I mean, yeah. it's not, it, you know, it's not just I work for Fujitsu, you work for Microsoft, yeah. but it's more about the kind of, um, the the ecosystem yeah. community we work in. It is, and I, I, that's why I love like the Connect event because it yep. is about meeting up again and yeah. seeing the partners, the customers that you work with, and we're kind of all in it together because we all have those challenges. We have the challenges of the, you know, the economic situation at the moment, how that affects our our jobs, our businesses, our our marketplace. But it is a real, like you say, it's a community and an ecosystem, and it's been over twenty five years for me. It's been great. Yeah, um, I, I know. Really enjoyed it. <laughs> I've I've personally got so much to thank SAP for. You know, it's been it's been great, and it continues to be so. Now, um, I wanted to chat to you about um, something that is probably relatively straightforward, but pretty fundamental, and that is how have the motivations for customers moving to the cloud, selecting Azure as an example, changed over the last few years? Has that evolved? Yeah, absolutely. I think in so I've been Microsoft just over four years. Um, when I first started, it was all, and cost is still a major factor, yeah. but it's all about how much can I reduce yeah. my infrastructure cost by. So mm. by moving to the cloud, what can I do to, you know, and, and you can, you can right size, optimize, all that sort of stuff. So it's very much um, kind of like a hosting type yeah. deal, yeah. commodity. 
And we talked to customers about innovation, but that was something that was like kicked down the road. Yeah, yeah. we just want, we want to get it to the cloud, which is right, stabilize, but cut our costs. So it was very much a, a cost exercise. And then obviously over the years, as, as customers have matured into the cloud model and understood it more and understood the potential, it's now more about the innovation and the speed of new businesses, new processes, what they can do, the enhancements that they can utilize. So it is a totally, it's more of a, a value and innovation story mm. than it is, oh, we're going to save you 20% of your infrastructure costs. Yep. So it is, it's, the conversation has kind of shifted more into the business side than the technical side. We still have great relationships with our technical customers, technical teams, but it is, it's more the business, lines of business and those end-to-end -end processes. So in terms of that, 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 that journey and, and, uh, and the focus, because we, we, I was talking to Intel yesterday and something that it, it was, it, I hadn't really thought of, but it, it's, it, it's kind of played out, I think. I was saying that when well, they were talking to me about the importance of making sure that the specification of the chips and yeah. it, it is really kind of the right for the customer. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I was saying, you no, know, it's maybe just me, but... I haven't really seen that much focus on it. Since the cloud comes out, it, fe it feels a little bit like customers were um, back 10, 15 years ago. I remember they were pouring over <laughs> specs of x86s and, you know, th this clock speed and that clock speed. And, you know, we both worked with Jonathan Lake and he was there <laughs> pouring over this stuff. And I was like, oh, I don't really care as long as it's working. Okay. But there was a lot of focus on it, maybe because they were buying the kit themselves to have it hosted. But I don't really get the feel now. It feels like, well, that's fine. I'm going to put it on the cloud. Job done. Yeah. And there are still customers like that they're kind of in the minority. And they tend right. to be the ones like at the bleeding edge. Right. Where they're doing, you know, they've got huge, complex databases. But the majority of the market are exactly that. Right. They're not looking at the SAPs. They're not looking at yeah. the IOPS and throughput because they sit kind of in the sweet spot for yeah. hyperscalers. They don't need to worry about that. They can increase, decrease. Yeah. And again, it's not so much what it sits on. And when we first started, we were talking to customers about VMs, compute, the size of the VMs, and it was kind of yep. there was a race between the hyperscalers <laughs> getting the biggest VM to market. <laughs> I used to really, it's like Apple and Samsung. Yeah. So we'd come out with a, a VM, and then obviously AWS would come out and edge of us. Yeah. But the conversation totally changed. So it's not that is important mm -hmm. when you get into the architecting, but the reasons and motivation is more around the collaboration extended innovate how things integrate and it's looking at end-to-end -end business process right that you can do whether it's order to cash or procurement yeah and how we can improve and innovate in that space and of course there's been a huge amount of focus here as within my organization on Signavio yeah. and I think it's no surprise that customers are suddenly really getting their head head around the fact that they need to understand the business process and they need to understand how they're going to transform that process yeah not just make the same process more efficient but actually do I need to do that at all that's it and if you look at some of the kind of mundane areas mm. so it all comes into churn and job satisfaction as well I read yeah. a really interesting piece around that and I didn't realize how it can obviously how it can affect um, the end user if they're coming in having to log into 15 different systems, three different passwords, they have yeah. different standards oh, yeah. for each password. Yeah. And then they're doing something that's just repetitive each day. Yeah. Whereas with the technology now, that can all be done away with. So they can actually get, move on to the more interesting things of their job. Yeah. Like the technology. Get rid of the frustrating of, stuff. Yeah. 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 It's brilliant.
Yeah. I, I, password and password management has just been <laughs> in my life. Do you know what I mean? When you're, you're sat trying to put, some systems are very, got more intelligent as well. And sort of, I kind of, you know, sat there screaming on Friday, I think it was, when I was trying to change a password for like the 15th time. And each time I said, no, no, it doesn't meet the criteria. Yeah. No, it's too close to something before. Yeah, it was hard before. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> there's only so many things I can think up and dream up. But I anyway. love it when your, your phone prompts you. If you log oh. into a site and the phone prompts you for a strong link, say, oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah. But then you log on on your laptop, it's like, I've no idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Now, um, it wouldn't be, uh, and we, we are, I, I'm not sure really when this is going to go out, but but we are at the point of uh, recording this at the uh, SAP user annual conference at the ICC. There's been a lot of focus by SAP on RISE. Uh, Mikhail, uh, UKMD, made a point yesterday um, about value and you know it's not necessarily about price it's about the value they're going to extract out of it i'm really interested from your perspective you're having a lot of customers come to you um inevitably look at rise in you know in combination with other things how has that really changed the market from uh from a microsoft point of view i think there has been some you call it disruption but it's helping focus customers because mm-hmm. like i said the evolution we've seen in our conversations, but I think the rest of the market we're, we're still thinking of that cost and that infrastructure piece. Whereas, obviously, the, the bedrock arises that business transformation as a service yep. and the BTP, and again focusing on that that extended area beyond the core ERP. So it's helped in the sense that customers and SAP being the great <laughs> organization they are. All their customers are now talking about it, yeah, because it's yeah. all SAP are talking yeah. about. Yeah, so it does. It's helped in that sense, and it started the conversation. And in the past, it'd be, oh no, 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 we're fine. Yeah, we don't need to move to twenty twenty six. We'll come come back at twenty twenty five. with everyone else. <laughs> yeah, with hordes of everyone else. Yeah. So it, it's really helping. We work closely at SAP, one of our key partners. Um, work with James, and it, it's helping customers see where those benefits are. And it is. It's interesting. In, when you said about value, because that's what it is. It's obviously cost is always going to be a key consideration. Yeah. But if you know what's better, is it worth saving ten percent of your costs or improving your efficiencies and taking three percent off your business costs rather than your IT or improving yeah. by ten percent on these processes? Mm. And that shifts the needle of your business a lot more than ten percent of your infrastructure costs or twenty percent of your infrastructure costs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um and um I, I, I'm going to have a chat with you about BTP. Yep. So um, again, lots of lots of focus by SAP on that, and I think uh, some of the conversations I've been having is a bit of confusion about BTP. How does that fit uh, with a hyperscaler? How does it fit with your own integration tools? Um, and I'm conscious that you might not have a defined answer, but <laughs> but it, but it's an interesting concept really around what SAP are trying to achieve on their platform versus how that plays with uh, and interacts with with the Microsoft platform. Yeah, so it's great. I think, first of all, let's acknowledge there are overlapping areas, as there are with many technology companies. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Yeah, so there are that. But I think BTP fully integrates into the Microsoft ecosystem. I can fully understand what SAP are trying to do. Mm. We've all been on those projects. Where the Z codes and Z programs oh, and no. regression don't, testing. Don't. And the world's changed, hasn't it? Yeah. So yeah. 
that is a real like millstone around customers' necks. So SAP are really helping to enable that and you know, get to that clean core. BTP is a key component of that. But I think for me, and there's loads of blogs out there by colleagues of mine like Marty Pankaj and Bartosz that help you understand how you can integrate, we utilize BTP internally. It's mm -hmm. a key component of any SAP estate. And I think the question is not so much the how, but the why. Yeah. And again, it's looking at that full end-to-end -end business process. So I was talking to a customer yesterday um, on the stand, and it was, it was around connectors and what do you do about this? That's okay. Take a step back and look at, first of all, what you want to achieve, why you want to achieve, and what the key KPIs are of that process. Yeah. Then you can start to look at the how. Yeah. If you start with the how with anything, regardless yeah. whether it's an SAP product, a Microsoft yeah. product, a Fujitsu yeah. product, you just blink at them. And then you go down the route of trying to make the solution fit your process or your process fit the solution, and it never quite works. Yeah. And you'll get like 60% of something. Whereas if you take a step back and look holistically, and then look how, and it could be buy, it could be build, it could be innovate. Very often you'll use a combination of the technologies. And there's lots of use cases out there, both for ourselves and SAP, of how it all fits together for an end-to-end -end process. But think of that why first and rather than the how. And uh, I think leading on to that is the, I mean, there's a lot of Gartner work on composable ERP yep. at the moment. Yep. And I think most customers are absolutely trying to get to a clean core. Um, they're trying to get rid of as much custom code <laughs> transactions as possible. Um, it's kind of ironic that we started a career trying to create as much <laughs> of that as possible. And now, now, do you know what I mean? If, if we could listen to ourselves, Sean, 20 years ago, we'd be like, oh, you can customize uh, that to, to whatever. Yeah, you can bend it to do whatever you want it to do. And now we're the same people 30 years later saying, no, 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 no. Why would you do that? <laughs> Madness. But anyway, um, uh, don't don't hold us to that. But, but, um, it, it, but the... The challenge, I think, for for customers then in a composable ERP mm -hmm. now is that, that options are endless. Yeah. And we are seeing a, a variety of things. Now, I guess I say people wouldn't be so happy because they'd like to be, you know, wall-to-wall yeah. 100%. Right? But the reality is that customers are now beginning to look at this and say, well, if I have my clean core utilizing BTP, I can then start to utilize best of breed in other areas yeah. and start to integrate. Um, and Microsoft biz apps, yep. you know, as well uh, within that. And I guess the same the same advice would apply, would it? Yeah, and I think if you look at, so Microsoft kind of went through this change before I joined. Yeah. I and mean, if you go back 10, 11 years, it was very much Microsoft ecosystem and everything was Microsoft. and. We could sit here and list all kind of <laughs> the yeah. mistakes we've all been there and seen how that. And then when Satya kind of came to the fore and you know captain of the ship, if you like, that openness became. So when I first started Microsoft, I, a lot of the questions were, "Can you run? Oh, Azure? You can only run SQL and Windows on Azure. Yeah. Now actually, fifty percent of Azure is Linux based. Yeah. And customers can run whatever they want. And I think that openness, like you say, does create more choices for customers but there's also more opportunities yeah and i think in the past if you look at like the kind of the 90s and early 2000s everyone was looking for that silver bullet mm. of a product they could buy yeah that did everything they wanted yeah 
Yeah, the Willy Wonka of, <laughs> of, of, of ERP. Yeah. yeah. And it never really existed. So they ended up making do or mm. heavily customizing, whereas I think now it's that open ecosystem, which is a powerful area. So a lot of our stuff, it integrates with SAP, it integrates with the Microsoft ecosystem, and very often it integrates with even through the cloud providers. When you look at Purview and Synapse and mm. um, Sentinel, it's that openness. Because you've got to recognize customers have multiple systems, multiple technology, multiple software. So it's all about, again, like I said, taking a step back and looking at what's best for the customer. What do they want to achieve? Then look at how they're going to achieve it rather than saying, oh, yeah, you need Microsoft stamped all over everything or SAP, AWS. It's that end-to-end and look how we can. It's a tagline, obviously, that Satya says, and it's corny, but empower you yeah. to get to that place. Yeah, and I... It, it, it's it's really interesting that you know from a systems integrated point of view, never has there been a, a busier time because those choices bring complexity. They can do they could they could bring simplicity as well, but it's understanding and making sense of those choices and and creating a roadmap um, that that is right for a yeah. customer. And know? I think that's one of the key decisions to make is that partner ecosystem, yeah. that SI, that obviously. We provide the technology and we've got a great team of SAP evangelists and technical who can help you, but you still need somebody to do it. Yeah. And that's one of the key decisions to make. And customers have asked me, and it, I, you need to go and interview the partner. Yeah. Feel comfortable, look yeah. at the culture. And again, look at their approach yeah. to your challenge. Is it going to be right? We've got a product and a how, then a connector, or is it we're going to be on this journey with you? Yeah. And SAP sell it as a journey, and it is. It's not going to be done overnight. You can't just install something, flick a switch, and away you go. It's an evolution journey. And it's interesting. I mean, you, you and I have worked for <laughs> lots of <laughs> lot, lots of those um, in systems integrators in the market. And I know from working from all of them, they've all got a very different culture. Yeah. And the sad thing about it is that often when we're um, engaging with customers, of course, that's that's absolutely fine. They're getting a good feel of what do we like to deal with, what do we like to engage with. But often in the procurement process, it's driven into weighted of an RFP, <laughs> pricing, responses, completeness. And I think sometimes um, they kind of miss the, okay, so what do they like to work with? What's the culture? Yeah. Is that line to us? And so many times I think um, there are lots of, uh, I've seen, I've seen, big SAP engagements go horribly wrong yeah. because main stakeholders at both the SI and the client are, are kind of at loggerheads. Yeah, absolutely. I think, again, when I joined Microsoft, it was a real eye-opener. And Microsoft are really big on culture. Yeah. Um, again, there's another kind of tagline they put, a culture eat strategy for breakfast. Yeah. And it's all about how you portray the Microsoft culture, how we, and internally, there's loads of collaboration, cross-collaboration among teams, lots growth mindset and challenger approaches. And you've got to bring the customer in with that. Obviously, we, we work really close with our partners and always, um, partners always been the lifeblood of Microsoft and we grow when our partners grow type thing. But I think you're right. Customers need to look at that. Don't just look at the, the mechanical process. You've got to get a right fit culturally mm. with ambitions, approaches, speed. Yep. You know, if you're a heavy regulated customer, is it going to work if you then engage with a partner who's very quick and just does things very... <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It so sounds so. great, doesn't it? Yeah. It sounds great just doing something as soon as you ask for it, but that's sometimes 
not yeah. so good. Yeah, you know, the documentation <laughs> up to standards, or and the flip side, if you're a you know a really agile like you know, new co unicorn digital customer, are you going to need somebody who has meetings, pre meetings, fifteen pages to do? Yeah, so you've got to look at that approach. Yeah. Okay. No, very very wise words there from Sean. Um, going to talk about. There's a lot about data at the moment. Yep. A lot of people getting ready for their S4 journeys, looking at kind of one customer called, uh, spoke to me the other day and called it no regret spending. So I <laughs> 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 wish I thought it was great, really. It's like, look, I'm, I'm going to start a program in, in 18 months' time. What can I be doing now in terms of no regret spending? Okay. Um, but data the amount of data, but actually security of data is absolutely paramount and got so much focus, um, particularly with regulation now. Mm -hmm. I mean, what, what's your what's your take on, on all of that from a hyperscaler point of view? I think it's really starting to bubble up now to the mm. surface, especially in the SAP ecosystem. I mean, yeah. Security has always been a, you know, a consideration of companies. And I think when you look at the partner floor this year, there are a lot more security-focused companies. There are. <laughs> so it, yeah. it does seem to be, data's always been kind of key, it's taught us the lifeblood, but even if you go back to the early days of computing, with, you know, with the IBM and HVACs and looking at various different, data's always been the key. Yeah. And that's always been how you interact with that data and manipulate that data and get intelligence from that. We're in a, a great time at the moment, um, a fortunate time in that the compute and the technology is there to interrogate that data. Yeah. Um, I read a great article actually in The Athletic around because some of the data we see in football now, big football fan, but some of the stats you see, and again, they've evolved. So two years ago, it was about number of passes. Yeah. And you're like, great, they've done a thousand passes, <laughs> amazing. But now they're starting to utilize AI and models to look at where those passes are and where the players are in relation to those passes. Yeah. Because you can have a thousand passes and 800 yeah. of them could be among yeah. your back four and uh, you don't uh, go anywhere. Exactly. So that to me was a real... Um, example of how that side of things is evolving around interrogation of data. So it's yeah. not just the data set, it's how that data set then relates to the ecosystem. So yeah. Football, where the players are, yeah. where the ball is, etc. But with that, and we, we've got a session on today around security, and we're focusing on security. We've got our security team in. Microsoft spun up a brand new team last year, focused purely on security. Yeah. And they've got loads of good um, stories and experience around that. But even now, when you start to think about where those data points are, so manufacturing, you've got you know, systems, machines that have all got sensors, and it's great. You can connect them and interrogate that data, but then you've got entry points. Yeah. And there are loads of hilarious right. scare stories out there of people getting into systems through like fish tanks and IoT sensors. Yeah. So security then becomes paramount. I yeah. Think the market's starting to realize that. So mm. we've kind of gone through two, three years of, yeah, let's put a sensor and a connector on everything and interconnect everything, yeah. which is great. Yeah. But you are expanding that network further and further out. So you do need an overall security um, strategy as well. Yeah, and we, we, we're doing a lot with uh, SAP's digital manufacturing yeah. cloud, and that is very much about real-time information. And, of course, it does rely on sensors yeah. on, the, on, the, on, the, on the shop floor and that real-time information. And interestingly enough, you know, all those people that used to drive around in vans servicing uh, servicing sort of uh, mainframes and stuff yeah, and back yeah. in the day, and, and then they kind of eventually got rid of. But but I was having a conversation with a colleague the other day saying, you know, we got rid of all those people, but now if once you get clients and once clients are used to 
manufacturing and, and making decisions in real time. As soon as something happens with those physical devices, they're not going to be able to do that. So we're going to have people running around in vans again, <laughs> not perhaps with a spanner, but do you know what I mean? Yeah, Repair, yeah. But repairing it's, them. So it, it's it's a really interesting thing, but but a major concern. And like you say, I think customers are really beginning to get their head around the fact that these entry points into their systems can be quite quite on the edge, literally. <laughs> yeah. And I think the challenge is it's one of those things that you almost don't want to think about or, or naturally don't think about until something happens. It's yeah. Like insurance. Yeah. Yes. And then you realize, oh, I'm not protected. I wasn't protected enough. So yeah. we're trying to get customers to know, actually, don't wait for the incident. Don't wait for the ransomware or the you know, yeah. hijack. Yeah. hijacking of your data type incident or the breach, you need to look at that now because the the entry point is great, but the world's changed so much from you know, yeah. firewalls and 90 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> In the 90s where it was very much you had to log onto a system. Yeah. So, yeah, it's um, like I said, on the shop floor, you can see there's more and more security vendors and it's, it is something that's starting to build up. I think that'll be really big over the next year. Yeah. Um, but I'd rather help prevent than come and... Yeah, totally, totally, and and I think, you know, that's um, that's a really important part of what you're doing, which is the education piece. You know, you're highlighting that and and the vulnerabilities. I'm conscious of time. I'm okay. conscious that I've taken too much of it already. But uh, to f- finish off, what what piece of advice would you would would you give customers? You know, embarking on a journey, an S four journey, but also onto a, a Microsoft platform. What are what are the common things that you think? Oh, I wish. I wish customers had thought about this before. For me, it's the questions. I, I touched on it before. Look at the why and the what yeah. before you look at the how and the price. Yeah. And stick to that vision. There's lots of customers in you know, the early days when you engage with them. They, we outline this roadmap. Yeah. But that's really key is the why and the what rather than how am I going to do this. Mm. Actually, you really need to stick to that why, what the benefits for your customer are going to be, what the benefits for you as a company are going to be. And then you can start to think about the product and the and the what. So it's really looking at those solutions, those challenges, and the solutions to those challenges. And whether that's Rise, whether that's uh, one of the hype skills, one of the SIs, if you stick to that vision. And it's picking that culture as well. That's really key. Sean, thank you. It's thank been you, a Karen. pleasure to meet you again. <laughs> I'm sure we see each other across the conference floor and wave as we pass each other. Um, thank you for your time. It's been uh, really useful and uh, very insightful. So, uh, Sean. No, thank you. Thank you.